0: Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program from Masjid Al-Azhar Bilmo, presented by Sheikh Khalid Muhammad. Welcome brothers to lesson number 15 of the Seerah series. Insha'Allah this will be the last lesson before uh, يعني, or until after Ramadan and then inshallah ta'ala regarding this Sira series will be continuing after Ramadan of course inshallah ta'ala uh, this is lesson number 15 as I said and I just wanted to give a few minute reminder brothers about the special month which we've officially entered the month which the scholars many of them have split Rajab, Sha'ban, and Ramadan these three months last month Islamically يعني, was Rajab This month is Sha'ban, and the month after Sha'ban is the month of Ramadan, which is what number month in the Islamic calendar, brothers? Yeah, of course, very good, nine. So subhanallah, the ulama, why I mentioned they categorize or they split them, is some of them they refer to Rajab as the month of planting, and Sha'ban as the month of irrigating, and then Ramadan as the month of reaping. So subhanAllah, we can't يعني, be negligent of this month. The Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wa is Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. She said that Rasulullah sallallahu says, wa يصوم حتى نقول لا حتى نقول لا خير And then she says وَمَا رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ اللَّهِ عليه وسلم شَهْرٍ قَطُ إِلَّا رَمَضَانِ وما فِي شَهْرٍ أكثر صياما منه في شعبان. She says عنها, that the Messenger of Allah sallam he used to fast for so long that we thought he was never going to stop fasting. And at other times he would go without fasting for so long that we thought he's not going to fast anymore. And then she said, I never saw the Messenger of Allah وسلم, fast for a complete month except for Ramadan. And I never saw him do more fasting in any one month than he did in Sha'ban that's the Adhan, it's stuck on Kuwait time. Uh, it's stuck on the timing of Kuwait. I let like it stop now. <laughs> so she says, "Yani that she never saw him fast a complete month except for Ramadan, and she never saw him do more fasting in any one month than he did in Sha'ban." And look, when Usama ibn Zayd radiAllahu and look what he, what he said. He says, "Qultu ya lam araka min al-shuhur ma min Sha'ban." The Messenger of Allah, I do not see you fasting any month. As much as you do in Sha'ban He said He said this is a month or that is a month Meaning the month we're in now The month of Sha'ban We're still in the early stages of it That is a month to which people do not pay much attention to They become negligent of. Why, brothers? Because Rajab is one of the sacred months, one of the four as we know. And Ramadan is Ramadan. So in between Rajab and Ramadan, people are expecting and preparing, if you'd like to say, that we're going to fast next month. So what do they do? They pull the handbrake, this month. So this is a month a lot of people a lot of people are negligent of. They take it easy now because they say Ramadan's coming. But the Prophet Wasallam, as we just saw, that he wouldn't fast a month more so than the month of Sha'ban. Of course, apart from, apart from Ramadan. And then he says after he said, that is a month to which people don't pay much attention to between Rajab and Ramadan. He said it is a month in which the deeds are taken up to the lord of the worlds Some of the ulama They said this is the yili Taking up The yili taking up Anyway he said And I like that my deeds be taken up When I am fasting And that's why the prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Look what he says Al-ibadatu fil harj kahijratin ilay, That the reward of worship Performed at a time of trial and tribulation It is like literally The reward of an emigration Hijra to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa The ulama they said, brothers, the ulama, they said that at a time when people are usually negligent, there is more reward for one to hold on to his religion and worship. So for example, you see at the time of entering the marketplaces, the marketplaces generally are despised to Allah Azza hated to Allah Azza because of one reason. Because of the little remembrance that occurs there. So when you as a Muslim enter the marketplace and you say that one dua which is so so short and small in regards to its length, but its reward is massive. And likewise when it comes to the tahajjud prayer, what is it? Everyone's asleep, they're negligent. Everyone's asleep, but you my brother... Are standing you my brother are bowing you my brother are prostrating so when people are being negligent look at the reward of the believer that is making use of this time and there are many many examples of this and one of them is this month of Shaban while so many people are waiting saying that we're gonna go hard in Ramadan they pull the handbrake as we said in Shaban and they take it easy but rather yani we should as we know strive in this month. To the extent many of the ulama, they said the best months, the best months of fasting apart from Ramadan is that which is Qubayl Ramadan in Shaban and Bu'ayd Ramadan as we know the six days of Shawwal and the likes. Because in Ramadan, people are saying we're going to go hard next month. So we'll take it easy now. And when Ramadan finishes, what do they do? We just went hard. So they take it easy now. This is the whole point brothers. That when you are at a time and you see the people being negligent of the worship of Allah and you hold on to this religion, then inshallah ta'ala you will be getting more rewarded. Just like you yourself, يعني, you yourself, when you for example, let's say you wake up, uh, it's extremely cold, you want to make wudu now, it's cold water, there's no way to heat the water up for example. Obviously, putting Tayammum now on the side, you're still able to make Wudu. You're still able to utilize the water without harm, without fear, etc. There is more reward now because of the more severe trial. That's why the Prophet ﷺ it said that he said, Ajri Subhanallah. يعني, the more that you go through that trial and you remain patient and worship and do things the way that Allah wants you to do them, the more reward that you the more reward that you get. And that's why my brothers, if you're trialed with a sin, for example, the more that you have to fight yourself not to do that sin, the more that you have to fight yourself not to act upon that which displeases Allah Azza wa Jal, the more Insha'Allah ta'ala that you're going to be, you're going to be rewarded. So obviously I just wanted to begin with that quick reminder about this beautiful uh, month uh, so that Insha'Allah ta'ala we can try our best to make the most out of it. And that's why, if you see a lot of brothers these this month fasting and the likes, talking about iftar this month, inshallah. Now, if you didn't already, now you know why, or now inshallah you're reminded why. Lesson number fifteen, brothers, I wanted initially to dedicate to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi before prophethood, before prophethood, and initially I wanted to title it the reconstruction of the Kaaba and the Prophet before Prophethood, even though the first really falls under the second. But the reason I wanted to do that, because I think today we're only going to get to finish, uh, inshallah ta'ala, the topic about the reconstruction of the Kaaba. And before that as well, what did we speak about last week? One of the things that we spoke about last week was, or last, sorry, lesson, was the marriage of the Prophet wasallam to Khadija. How many kids did we say he had, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Seven kids, very good. And how many kids from her? Uh, three? Huh? Is it five or four or what do you think? Who said three first? Jazakallahu khayra. I can't even see, but anyway. <laughs> I need my glasses. But anyway. Okay, how many from Khadija radiallahu anha? Six. Six. Very good. Six. 7, yeah, no, bismillah. About 6, it was 6. <laughs> so 6 here, 6 kids from Khadija anha. How many boys, how many girls? 4 girls, 2 boys. Like Allah, give the boys a chance, Zubair. MashaAllah. <laughs> 4 girls, 3 boys. How many died during his lifetime? And we're going to get to them, inshaAllah, the incidents. But there's a reason I'm mentioning this now, because there was something that happened. All of them died during his lifetime, uh, except for Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. Four boys and three girls, or sorry, four girls and three boys was what he had, right? Now from Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, four girls and two boys. The point I'm trying to get to now is something I wanted to mention at the end of last lesson, but I didn't get to mention it and I don't want it to miss us, even though we're going to touch up on it again, inshallah, inshallah, when we get to the... Topics about the death of his uh, children sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anhum Regarding the death of his boys now Brothers, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's boys, they passed away Al-Qasim and Abdullah and Ibrahim It was mentioned that Ibn Abbas عنهما, said That Al-Qasim was the first to pass away And then after Al-Qasim because the Prophet wasallam, as we know brothers, his oldest was Al-Qasim, as we mentioned last lesson. And that's why his Kunya was Abu Al-Qasim as well. The point is, after Al-Qasim, then, or he was the first, then Abdullah. So now, some of the kafar began to mock. Some of the kafar began to share and spread that news in the community. That what? The lineage of the Prophet wasallam is done and dusted. In a, mocking, in a mocking way. And it was mentioned that Al-As ibn Wa'il, what did he say? He says That his lineage has been Yani his boys But his lineage has been disconnected And he's cut off Once again in a mocking way Because who holds the name brothers As we know The boys Yani hold the names So now they're mocking at the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wasallam And then it's mentioned Then Allah Azza wa Jal sent down What do you think Shaniyaka or Shani'aka and Shani'aka, they're both authentic qira'at, insha'Allah ta'ala. We understand this. If we don't, inshallah, you know now uh, that that is also an authentic qira'a, yani mutawatir as well. The point is, the one that makes you angry, the one that upsets you, the one that enrages you, he is the one that will be cut off. Some of the ulama, they said, cut off from every good in the dunya and the akhirah. And that's why, remember when those drawings came out and that whole incident, many of the ulama, what was their khutbah titled after this and the weeks after these incidents? إِنَّ شَانِئَكَ al الْأَبْطَرِ Wallahi, when these kafar and the likes do this, they're only harming themselves. They're only cutting themselves off. And they should wait for a punishment from Allah Azza wa Jal in this life and, and the next. Ibn rahimahullah Ta'ala, he says, Hasha waqalla أبقى الله ذكره على رؤوس على ala العباد ibad, على ala, ala abad, ila والمعاد الله wa salamuhu alayhi daiman tanad. Yani الله. these individuals at that time were mocking and laughing and joking, his lineage is cut, he's no more, his name's not gonna be remembered. One, two, three. And just like the story about Aisha radiallahu عنها, which Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in Surah An-Nur regarding the whole concept of the ift, the great slander, and how they accused her of fornication or adultery and the likes. We're going to get to that insha'Allah. But what did Allah Azza wa Jal do and how did He defend her? He sent down verses from above the throne to be recited all the way to the day of resurrection. In every one of the houses of Allah Azza wa Jal and the ones or the houses of the believers who constantly are reading and engaged with the Qur'an. And with the Prophet ﷺ, they were mocking at him. He's cut off. His lineage is done. And look how Allah Azza wa uh, made his name be mentioned every single second or few seconds at a time. Wherever you are in the world, there's going to be the Prophet ﷺ's name mentioned and the believers saying Wasallam." to the extent that how many even kafar, even though their arrogance will not allow them to accept Islam. Their pride will not allow them to accept Islam, but they have no choice except to acknowledge the greatness of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's mentioned that Hassan, he mentions poetry. He says, One of the great points about this or over this or of this poetry is how Allah azza wa jal, he mentions in his poetry, how Allah azza wa jal even made... That his name is mentioned every single time when the Mu'addin says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Yani, Subhanallah, how Allah Azza wa Jal raised the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's mentioning, and there's so much we can say about that, and we will insha'Allah ta'ala when the time comes. Now, the topic about the building or the rebuilding and reconstruction. Or reconstructioning of the kaaba. Firstly, my brothers, the kaaba was course was called such because in Arabic anything which is elevated and protruding is known as a kaab or like a kaab. So it was mentioned that it was taken from this, and it was also mentioned that it was taken li meaning because of its cubed cubed shape. So in Arabic, yani this has or has a tie and link. this word, And that's why it was called Kaaba, because of its cube-like shape. And the Kaaba is that which Allah Azza wa Jal commanded us to face in our prayer. To direct ourselves in that direction. So understand this point, brothers. Because a lot of the Kafar, what would they say? That you guys worship the Kaaba. You worship other than Allah because you're worshipping and praying to the Kaaba. And no doubt that this is incorrect. So understand, my brothers, that we pray towards the Ka'aba, not necessarily to the Kaaba. The Ka'aba is our qiblah, it's our direction which we face. And this is what Allah Azza, of course, as we know, commanded. And not only do we pray towards the Ka'aba, but there are many deeds in Islam that it is a mustahab action, mandub masnoon sunnah. It's recommended to do towards the Kaaba. Like what, brothers. A dua, for example, some of the ulama even said the sitting position, because of a hadith, yani, the sitting position from the sunnah is to, when you sit, face, just sit, face the Kaaba. What about also slaughtering towards some of the ulama they mentioned? And also when you bury the dead, you face them towards the Kaaba and the likes. Yani. It's not just the prayer. But the point I wanted to mention, subhanallah, is that yani, we don't pray to the Kaaba as if we're worshipping it. Well, Billah, We worship only Allah Azza wa Jal. and we only pray to Allah Azza wa But we pray towards the Kaaba as our direction because this is what Allah Azza wa commanded us to do, and that's why some of the scholars they made mention that if the Kaaba was destroyed, let us just say now the Kaaba was destroyed, and there will come a time, huh? and we have to pray. What do we do? We still pray towards that that direction. We still pray towards that direction. And some of the ulama spoke likewise about What about praying on top of the Kaaba? For all of these once again Is just for extra information regarding Praying towards the Kaaba and not to it And we know that we are doing this Because this is what we've been commanded to do Like Umar radiallahu anhu As we all know When it came to the black stone What did he say? He says "Inni أَعْلَمُ أَنَّكَ حَجَرُ I know that you're a rock I know that you're a stone لَا وَلَا تَنفَعُ you neither can harm nor can you benefit. You neither can harm nor can you benefit. اللَّهِ الله and if it wasn't for me seeing the Messenger of Allah kiss you, I would not have kissed you. This is what we've been commanded to do. We do it the way we've been commanded at the times we've been commanded and the likes. And that's why. Or why someone might ask, but why that direction exactly? Why that direction exactly? The answer simply brothers, and there's never any, any shame in answering simple as this. Why? Because Allah Azza wa Jal told us to do this. That's it. If you want to know more, yeah, you can try to read up on some of the wisdoms which some of the ulama may have put. Or if there is an exact text in the sharia, it's there. But ultimately, brothers, you and I, we need to have a mindset. Why is it like this? Because that's what Allah told me to do. And alhamdulillah, that is sufficient for me as a believer. How many times do I personally mention the example? Uh, why does a lady get you know, half, for example, in obviously some cases, and in many cases the, man, the lady gets more than a man, in many cases. But in these cases, for example, لِذَّكَرِ مِثْلُ حَظِّ For example, a man gets two times what the girl gets. Some people, brothers, because they have a problem with their foundations the foundations of aqidah, the foundations of tawheed, they have a problem, some people. So what do they do? They will not accept in their minds, they will not accept until they get the exact wisdom or wisdoms. And sometimes even if you were to give them some wisdoms, they won't accept until they get something which they themselves, they say, "This, this makes sense now. But at the end of the day, what makes sense to me as a believer and what makes sense to a Muslim should be because this is what Allah told me to do. That's it. And this is what Allah told me and told me how it is. That's sufficient. Why can a man marry four, a lady can't marry two or three or four, she has to stick with one. Because that's what Allah said. That's what Allah said. So if you have a problem with that, if you have a problem with that, in reality you're having a problem with what Allah Azza wa says, They are not or he is not. He, Allah Azza wa He is not to be questioned about what he does. They are to be questioned. That's what Allah said. That's what Allah told me. And that's enough for me as a Muslim and a believer. That's enough. So understand that point very, very carefully. And this is a part of the test. This is a part of the test. And by the way, I, I forgot to mention some of the wisdoms يعني, regarding um, the children of the Prophet wasallam passing away يعني, in his lifetime, as some of the ulama have mentioned, but we'll, inshallah, revisit that during its appropriate time in the seerah, inshallah. So as we said, this is a test. And as we know Allah Azza wa Jal, he tests the slaves with whatever he wants and whatever he wills. So us as believers have to wholeheartedly, Uh, Put our trust in Allah Azza wa And wholeheartedly believe that Allah Azza wa is Al-Hakim Al-Hakim He is the most wise and the all wise Wallahi brothers There is nothing that Allah Azza wa does There is nothing that Allah Azza wa wills Wallahi even a leaf on a tree Even a grain of sand We look at it like What's the purpose of this? But Wallahi, there is nothing that Allah Azza wa Jal does or nothing that Allah creates or nothing that Allah, for example, doesn't do, except there's a wisdom for it. Except there is a wisdom for it. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He told us regarding the, the Kaaba or the Qibla, the direction facing that. He says, So turn your face in the direction of Al-Masjid Al-Haram And whoever or wherever you are, turn your faces in that direction. And as we know, the believers, they weren't always praying towards the Kaaba. That was not always their Qibla, their direction. Where was it initially, brothers? Al-Aqsa, Jerusalem, right? And how long did that go for? Where's the Sharia students? When you say a year and a half, tell me the months. <laughs> What's a year and a half? Very good. Approximately 16, 17 months. يعني. That's how long they were praying towards the, qibla the, 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 initially. And that's what the hadith says. That's what the hadith says. When I say 16 or 17, that's not doubt, by the way, from me. That's what the hadith says. 16 or 17 months. One of the companions, they said that. So what do you notice about this? As soon as Allah Azza wa Jal willed for the Qibla to change, the companions did not even question, brothers. The companions did not even question. And we're going to get there, insha'Allah. But this is the way we need to be, subhanAllah. For here, Allah Azza wa mentions regarding the Kaaba that it was the first house built for mankind. He says, he says, indeed, the first house يعني, of worship, the first house appointed for mankind was that of Bakkah, which is Makkah, full of blessing and a guidance for all of the worlds. And that's why it was mentioned that Abu Dhar, رضي الله تعالى عنه, He said, Ya رسول الله, O Messenger of Allah, أي Masjid وضع أول Which masjid was placed first? Which masjid يعني, came first? What did he say? He says, Al Masjidul Haram. Al Haram. Then Abu Dhar says, Kultu, Thumma ay." Then I said, What else? Or, what after يعني. Then which? He said, Thumma al al aqsa. And then Al Masjid al-Aqsa after that. So Abu Dhar wanted further explanation, further detail. So he says, Kultu, then I said, Kam baynahuma?" how long was it between them? The Prophet says, "Arba'un forty years. Then he said, "Wherever you are, and prayer comes upon you, then perform the prayer. For all of the earth is a place of worship for you." And the Kaaba, my brothers, now the Kaaba was exposed to a which caused its foundations to shake and deteriorate. The Kaaba the one that we see and we know it was exposed to allah and that which it was exposed to caused it to deteriorate <coughs> caused it yani to like yani shake and before the sending of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and this is why we said today's lesson falls under inshallah maybe the first of two lessons because i don't want to drag it too long but under the general umbrella title the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam before prophethood because before the Prophet wasallam became a Prophet, approximately five years before, there was a great flood. A massive torrent يعني, which swept and descended towards Al-Baytul Haram and the Ka'aba was close to collapsing. The Ka'aba was close to collapsing. And even before that, it was exposed to a fire. How did the fire happen? When there was a lady scenting the Ka'bah, and then due to a spark or something like this, أعلم, it caused it to uh, get يعني, lit. And likewise, my brothers, the Kaaba initially, it wasn't properly fixed and kind of like, يعني, like um, uh, firm, يعني, cemented almost and the likes. And it was said that when Ibrahim السلام, and Ismail السلام, were building it, they built it with no roof on top and they built it with like unshaped stones. So you can imagine يعني, a roof, easy access, even more likely to get يعني, uh, deteriorated or harmed or maybe thieves and stuff like this, subhanAllah. So now Quraysh had to do something about it. But before this point, my brothers, I want to make another point which is very, very, very يعني, uh, uh, يعني, important in our day and age. Wallahi, it's so important. A lot of brothers, when they go to Hajj and Umrah, brothers, I understand, wallahi, that the cost يعني, is uh, these days high. It's high. But some of the brothers they ask What are the benefits for example Of me going with a group and not going with a group And I wanted just to shed light in a minute or two on this topic My brothers when you go to Umrah, right Why are you going to Umrah? Of course to perform the Umrah, for example On top of that though Don't you want to learn about for example The history of where you're going Don't you want to learn about the virtues of where you're going Don't you want to learn about what you're doing Why you're doing what you're doing why you're doing it in this exact time and how and what happened and what has happened and you want to know these things even your visit to al-madina for example when you want to go you're already putting a decent amount of money for if you can afford it wallah i understand some brothers it might be too much for them and things like this that's a different topic but if you can afford it don't have the mentality that you can just go or yani you can but you should just go and there's no benefit of going with a group no wallahi brothers there's a great benefit With going with a group. Because with that group, generally, you will have a sheikh. You will have group leader or group leaders. And if your group does not have a sheikh, does not have a group leader, then that's definitely something that you need to question. It's something that you need to question. Now what am I trying to get to? That one of the blessings, one of the virtues of going with a group over going with yourself, unless you yourself know, you know yourself, Maybe you could be more learned than that group leader or leaders or whatever it is. That's an exception to the rule. That might be a rarer circumstance. But when you go with that group, and you go with that group leader, brothers, there's great virtues in this. Wallahi, there's great uh, 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 blessings in this. That that group leader can tell you what you're doing. He can teach you how to do it. He can tell you why you're doing it. When you go to Al-Madinah, for example, are you going to know by yourself if you haven't studied once again? I'm sure many have, alhamdulillah. But I'm just giving this reminder to those brothers who think and act like, why would I go with a group leader? Why do I need to go to a sheikh? What's the sheikh going to do for me? Wallahi, they'll do a lot for you, brothers. Are you going to know when you go to Al-Madinah that the dome that was there, the history of the dome, should it be there, should it not? The color change of the dome, Because as we know, the dome was not always green. Rather, it went through a fair few colors. Are you going to know the history of the minbar? The stages that the minbar went through? How it initially was? How it became what it was today? How it was actually set on fire at one time? Are we going to know the history of the masjid? And wallah, there's so much we can say about these topics. For I just wanted to make that mention, brothers, because wallahi... It is a great blessing and a virtue If you can go to go with a group To go with a, a group you really, really really I uh, get a different experience Subhanallah So the point is now As we said يعني, After the Kaaba Was You know Or experienced What it experienced Or went through In better words What it went through Now Quraysh had to do something about it And they used to Brothers Supposedly يعني, They used to Respect and honor the Kaaba They used to Respect and honor the Kaaba. It wouldn't be far fetched to say, Wallahu A'lam, it wouldn't be far fetched to say that some of them would honor the Kaaba more than what some Muslims today honor it. Or at least they wanted to, they intended to, they tried to. Like we said about the Hajj and Umrah, you see some brothers and sisters when they go, even when they see the Kaaba. It's as if they're looking, wallah, at their walls in their bedroom. Some brothers, unfortunately, they don't have the Kaaba in high regards. And give it the uh, honor, if you'd like to say, that it should have in our religion. For the Kafar of Quraysh, even though they were Kafar, they would honor the Kaaba, Or at least they would do that which they thought was honoring the Kaaba. And the reason I say that, of course, because they used to put idols around and in it, and one, two, three, as we're going to see, inshallah ta'ala. Fa, Fahia, they used to do this. And the Arabs, they knew that this is one of, if not the most sacred place of worship. This is, yani, this is it. The Arabs, they knew that, subhanallah. And that's why, yani, even, 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 oh, we previously discussed uh, the story of what brothers regarding the Kaaba? Uh, very good, Abraha. And we said the story of him and Abdul Muttalib And the story of the uh, the elephant And we spoke about that And if they didn't care about the Kaaba Why would they have went to the measures they did to try to protect it And stop them from doing what they wanted to do And all of these things as we're going to see So from that honoring was to maintain its locality To maintain its sanctity So they agreed that they were not Now brothers Quraysh is coming And the Arabs are coming to what? As we said, to reconstruct the Kaaba Because of what it had gone through, due to environmental, this and one, two, three, they wanted to reconstruct it. And they agreed, look how much they honored it. They agreed that they were not going to use a dollar, a dinar or a dirham of haram money. They weren't going to use, this is kaffir brothers, kaffir. And they said, we're not going to use any haram money. Not a dinar or a dirham of haram money to or impermissible wealth to rebuild and reconstruct this this Kaaba. So they'd only use the money attained in good and pure means, and they'd only use the good and pure wealth. So they didn't use the money from prostitution, they didn't use the money from interest, they didn't use the money from exploitation, they didn't use the money from oppressing and unjustly dealing with anyone, they used only good and pure money. And how many today, subhanallah, when brothers are dealing in haram, whether it be the selling and the likes of drugs, whether it be interest, money, and things like this, how do they want to get rid of a lot of them and try to justify their wrongdoing? They'll call, Sheikh, what's the ruling on giving the money to the mosque? And things like this. Now, Islamically, brothers, there are rulings pertaining to this. And يعني, as we know regarding haram money, There's different types of haram money. It's not a fiqh lesson and it's not a lesson about this. But I just wanted to say subhanallah, that even the kafar didn't even think about reconstructing the Kaaba with haram money. Today you get brothers unfortunately to try to justify or make themselves feel good about what they're doing. And they'll continue to do it. They won't even leave off that sin. But to try to make themselves feel good about that, they'll say for example, Shaykh can I give the money to... Charity, to, can I give the money to the masjid? Can I do this and that? Ya'ami, even the kafir wouldn't even think of this. But as we know, Islamically brothers, as I said, there is rules pertaining to that. And often it is allowed, Yani, uh, depending obviously on what type of money it is and things like this. So that's a different topic uh, though. So in saying that now, when the Prophet wasallam was 35, and it was mentioned other than that, it was mentioned other than that regarding his age. But wallahu a'lam, the correct opinion is that he was 35. And in reality, it doesn't really affect us in any way, shape or form for what we want right now. So when he was 35, Quraysh began the process of reconstructing and rebuilding the Kaaba. And each tribe had a job and a role to play in the renovation and rebuilding of the Kaaba. Al-Mubarak Furi rahimahullah says, The Kaaba was initially a low building of white stones, no more than nine arms length. It was roofless. Uh, It was roofless And after a lot of time being exposed To the different environments and terrains It began to deteriorate It was also exposed to a flood That swept towards it And almost demolished it And that was five years before Prophethood He says That's the end quote So now the Kaaba Is approximately now brothers Ten and a half meters in width And approximately 15 meters in in height, just for our knowledge. Yani, Its door is made, I think it was 1982 they said, of solid gold. And even when you look into it, subhanallah, the door itself when it was getting rebuilt, it was actually placed above ground level. And we're going to say something about that. That's why I say that towards the end of the lesson, insha'Allah. When it was rebuilt, it was rebuilt above ground level. And as we said, Quraysh, they used to, and the Arabs, honor the Kaaba. So one of the reasons it was said that they did this, and this comes in a narration as we're going to see at the end, was that because of thievery and thieves and things like this, yani entering. So that way they could control who enters and who exits. So now they began the process of the uh, rebuilding. And even the chiefs, as we said, they made the decision to not use any haram money. And in the beginning, they hesitated, they hesitated to Pretty much do anything to the Kaaba. They hesitated. What happened was, and why they hesitated, as we said, we know what happened to When Abraha wanted to destroy the Kaaba and one, two, three. So now imagine that, brothers, in order to reconstruct, don't you have to, for example, maybe break off a bit and one, two, three. So they're scared now. They don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the same thing that happened to them happens to them. Maybe the same thing that happened to Abraha and his people happened to them, for example. So everyone was on edge. And then an individual by the name of Al Walid ibn Al Mughira Al makhzumi he initiated the process asking them, Do you want, do you intend through this restoring, do you intend through this restoring the Kaaba? Or do you intend, yani, uh, misdoing? He's pretty much asking them, Through what you want to do, do you want to do good or bad? Are you intending to rectify and restore, or are you intending to destroy? And of course, what did they say? We're intending to restore. We're intending to rebuild. We're intending to make it better, to fix it. So then, after that, he began the process. He took the initial step and began. And that's why it was mentioned when they did eventually start, all of them, they would chant, Allahumma inna la nuridu illa khayra. Allahumma inna la nuridu illa khayra. Oh Allah, we don't want except goodness. Allah knows what's in their hearts. Oh Allah, we don't want except accept goodness. So now Al-Walid begins destroying the war. And he told them, come and help. He's telling them, come and help. He started. So they saw nothing happened to him. But what did they say? They said, wait. We're going to wait until tomorrow. And if nothing has happens to him, they would help. And if something happens to them, they would undo what he did and they would leave. So then when tomorrow came, they saw that nothing happened to him. So they started to assist and they began with their uh, rebuilding of the, the Kaaba until they reached the foundations laid by Ibrahim alayhi And through this work or with this work, they divided the work amongst them and the tribes. So there was a tribe or tribes, for example, that had to take care of the door the rebuilding, there was a tribe or tribes that had to take care and deal with that which was in between the black stone, Al-Hajar al-Aswad and al Rukn al-Yamani, the Yemeni corner, there was a tribe or tribes that had to do with Al-Hakim, for example, and there was tribes, working on all of these things. Now, as you can imagine, brothers, when there's all of these tribes and everyone has a group leader, a head, a chief, etc., don't you expect there's going to be a problem or problems occurring? Uh, and that's why we say, brothers, the Jama'a, the Jama'a, the Jama'a. And you see, Subhanallah, that no one separates from the congregation, no one separates from the Jama'a, except that they end up being corrupted, or at least have some sort of corruption, or possibly, wallahu alam yani, desiring authority, desiring power, desiring this or that. But when you have someone above you, when you humble yourself, when you drop your ego to have someone above you to have that head and you take orders you take commands you're fine with being prohibited then alhamdulillah you always are willing to be put into place when you need to be put into place but when you go off and want to be the chief want to be the leader want to be the head and he does the same and he does the same then wallahu a'lam yani where you're going to end up where you're going to end up so naturally now there's all these tribes the heads of the tribes there's going to be problems There's going to be problems, there's going to be differences, but it was all going smooth. It was all going good. Until when? Does anybody know? Huh? Very good. Until it was time to put the black stone. So the rebuilding process, it all went smoothly. They had their job, they had their job, they had their job. Until it was time to put the black stone. And that's why we say, brothers, as the Prophet ﷺ advised, even regarding the head, uh, to put someone in charge. When? In travel, during travel. Where he says, ﷺ, when three people set out on a journey, they should appoint one of them as their leader. One of them as their leader should be appointed. Why? Something happens, this person caused the shots at the end of the day. There's no problem advising, there's no problem commenting, but at least you know that this person... He's the one that's gonna call the shots. Why? Otherwise, what's gonna happen? Something happens during travel. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. They wanna do that. They all butt heads and then they all go their separate ways. Shaitan gets involved. All of these things. All of these things. So now it's time to put the, the black stone. And Allahu Akbar, yani, the disputes that occurred And the problems that occurred for approximately, it was mentioned four or five days, to the extent it got to a point that it was almost like bloodshed was going to be inevitable. It's got to a point that every tribe, they want to be the one to put the black stone back into its place. Because it was said they had to remove it due to the the renovation. So now it's time to put it back. Every tribe wants the honor uh, of putting it back in its place. It got to a point after four or five days That that's it Bloodshed was going to happen Fighting was going to happen That's it Until someone stood up Someone brothers stood up And this is what I said earlier When you have that head That can deal with these things That can take care When you need them to take care That can speak when you need them to speak That has experience That has knowledge A senior He stands up and he deals with the matter the way it should be dealt with. And he doesn't increase the matter in with fire, increase the matter with problems and problems. No, he sorts out the matter. He sorts out the matter. What happens or what do we do when a husband and a wife, they argue in one, two, three? One of the steps eventually to put a person from her side, a person from his side, get someone with experience, a senior. So anyway now, someone of intellect, this senior, this individual with that wisdom, with that experience, he stood up. And who was that? Abu Umayya ibn al-Mughira al-Makhzumi the, 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 the father of who, brothers? Does anybody know who he was the father of? Abu Umayyah? He was the father of one of our mothers The mothers of the believers And she was Um Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha He was the father So he stood And he said, look Pretty much I have an idea I have an idea He said, let him who enters this sanctuary, who enters the gate first, who enters this door first, he, let him be the one to decide. So now they're all waiting. They're all eagerly waiting. And it was mentioned that the gate that he was referring to or the door or the area was Babu Bani shaibah which today is known as Babu Salam. Babu Salam. That that was, the, wait, that was the place they were waiting for someone, that person to enter now. So imagine that, brothers. Now, bloodshed's about to occur, yani. They're on edge, all of them. They'll literally pull out now. Weapons were getting prepared, armor was getting prepared. They're getting ready for war. And then you got someone coming and telling you, hold on, I've got an idea. Let's make it even. No bias, no anything. Let's wait. Whoever is first to enter through this side this gate this sanctuary this door let him be the one to judge so they're all waiting and who comes in none other than our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the age of 35 years old when he came in and that's why this is the first of two lessons inshallah next lesson will be the rest of the prophet before prophethood when he came in what did they say he comes the magician no What did they say? Here comes the poet. Here comes the liar. They did not say any of that. Why? Because they did not know him to be that. They did not know him to be that. Didn't we mention how they used to look at the Prophet before he started to go out and preach the message? And that's an advice to us brothers. A reminder to us that people will not really turn on you. Until you do something that's going to come out and affect them. They didn't have a problem, the fact that he believed what he believed. Their bigger problem and biggest problem was when he went out and started to preach. And started to teach. And started to say what you're on is wrong. And that's like us. A lot of the times people don't, they'll leave you alone. They might have a problem, but they'll leave you alone. Until you go out and you say what you're doing is wrong. Or oh, why aren't you doing this? You should do this and the likes. So what did they say when they saw him come in? al Amin. They said, this is the trustworthy. رَضِينَ بِحُكْمِهِ We're content. We're pleased. We're happy. We're content with his decision. Hada Muhammad. This is Muhammad. They all knew him. This is the trustworthy. خَلَسْ So they're all happy with his decision now. And then what happened was the Prophet, because we know as the tribes were helping, he too was assisting brothers. And that's why it was mentioned by Jabir ibn Abdullah. He says, when the Kaaba was being rebuilt, this is a hadith. When the Kaaba was being rebuilt, and the Prophet and Al Abbas went to carry stones. And as we know, the Prophet was always at the forefront to help, he was always at the forefront to assist. So that's an advice as well, brothers. To anyone involved in da'wah and the likes, it doesn't mean that if you're involved in da'wah, that you just sit back and get people to do everything for you. Like when the Prophet ﷺ was digging the trench with them, he was digging with them. He could have told them, you dig, let me just... But no, he would always be at the forefront. So the hadith says, look even before Prophethood, that the Prophet ﷺ wasallam. When the Kaaba was being rebuilt, him and his uncle Al Abbas went to carry stones. Al Abbas said to the Prophet ﷺ, "Take off and put your waist sheet over your neck so that the stones don't hurt you. So that the stones don't hurt you." And the rest of the hadith is known. So then, the Prophet ﷺ, what happened after they said the first one to come? Then he came. They said, "We're pleased with his decision. We're content." So what did he decide to do? He called for a cloth. He called for a cloth. He put the black stone in the middle of that cloth. And he told the chiefs of the tribes and the likes to grab the corners and the sides of the cloth. So now the stone is in the middle. So meaning, look what, brothers, look at the wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ. He got them all to be involved. And brothers, we can take a great lesson in this. I think I've already went on a few side you know, points. But wallahi, as long as we're benefiting insha'Allah, that's what matters. As yani. side points, brothers, if you have children, if you have children, try to get them all involved. Don't just pick one and get them involved. Get them all involved and that would be better for their hearts. That would be better for their hearts lest they start to think that my dad prefers than one, two, three. And likewise for the brother yani, that has more than one wife. Get them involved. Don't show favor to one. It's always yesterday. <laughs> yesterday <and> t- <laughs> so anyway, get them all in involved, subhanAllah. So now what did he do as we said? The cloth, put the black stone in the middle, got them to be involved. Now all of them grab the sides, grab the corners, lift, lift. Until when they lifted and they carried this. And it reached the position. Now who's he going to command to put the black stone? So he grabbed it and he put it with his own blessed hands back to where it was. It was meant to go He put it back And everyone was content Everyone was was content So now Quraysh, they had a problem And that was They ran out of the halal wealth They had no more halal wealth So they were forced to eliminate An area covering approximately Six arms length On the northern side of the Kaaba Which is called Al-Hatim Or Al-Hijr Hujr Ismail, يعني, as we know it as well Some of the ulama, they differentiated And many they said, which is the correct opinion InshaAllah, that they're the same thing The point is, what is this? This is like that semi-circle around Or on the side يعني, of the, of the Kaaba Have we all seen that? Those who went to Hajj and Amr, you know what we're talking about? Huh? I'm sure if you look it up, يعني, you'll see that. Why is it like that? They ran out of wealth And they did not want to use haram wealth And is that part of the Kaaba? It is it is. And that's why when you go to Amra Brothers, you have to go around that for your circumambulation, the Tawaf to be accepted. You have to go around that. And that's why Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Look what she says. She says, Sa'altu Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anil jadri hijr. Amin al-Bayt, she asked him about this area. Is that from the Kaaba? Is that from the house? He said yes. So she said, Why did they not yani uh, a place or include it in the building of the Kaaba? So look what he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, Don't you see that your people ran short of money? Don't you see that your people ran short of money? So then she said to him, What about its gate? Why is it so high? He said your people did this so as to admit into it, yani allowed to enter into whoever they liked and to prevent whoever they liked. Then he said a statement which wallahi is so beneficial for us when it comes to Al-Maslaha wal mafsada the benefits and the harms in our religion. And it shows you the wisdom of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, Were your people not close? To pre-Islamic period of yani the Jahiliyyah time Meaning if they didn't have just entered Islam and the likes And were I not afraid that they would dislike it Surely I would have included the area of the war inside the building of the Kaaba And I would have lowered its gate to the level ground But he took into, into uh, consideration the way his people would react And that's why brother sometimes someone might do something a learned person, a sheikh, a alim, or whatever it is, a ruler, they might do something and it's because of something we do not see or we do not know. And that is why some of the ulama, when they spoke about the dome, brothers, you know the dome? The dome, the green dome يعني, that's there today, which really came in, Wallahu Alam, six, seven hundred years anyway after the hijrah of the Prophet. Some of the ulama, even those that teach inside of Al Masjid al Nabawi, when they said that, that should not be there. Initially it wasn't there, so why is it there now? And one, two, three. But they said one of the reasons it's not to be removed now, yani, is because of from this angle. The angle of if it's to be removed, you can imagine how many problems it would cause in respect to the, the people. But the point is here, that's what he said. And now we he said, wa min al bait. And it is from the, the house, the Ka'ba, يعني, إِلَّ And that's why it is not it is not. The tawaf, the circumambulation around the Ka'aba, it is not valid and accepted unless one goes around it. And that's why subhanAllah, even though the door of the Ka'aba is closed, correct brothers? We're not gonna enter. Wallahu a'lam. <laughs> We're not gonna enter, yani us. Wallahu a'lam. even though that's closed. If you want to enter some of the ulama said, you go there. You can because they allow you in that area generally. They allow you in that area generally. Al-Mubarak Furi, he says, brothers, when the construction was complete, it assumed a square form about 15 meters high. The side with the black stone and the one opposite were 10 meters long each. The black stone was 1.5 meters from the circumambulation level ground. And then he goes on to speak about the door. And even the door, brothers, initially, initially, it had two doors. A door to enter from, and a door to exit from. But when Quraysh rebuilt it, they rebuilt it with one door. They rebuilt it with one door. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Were it not for the fact that my people, and according to one riwayah, your people, have recently left Jahiliyyah, I would have knocked down the house and given it two doors. And given it two doors. And that's why when Ibn Zubair radiallahu ta'ala anhu wa rahimahullah was in power he gave two doors and Ibn Kathir explains and I'll end with this he says when Ibn Zubayr took authority he rebuilt it according to the aforementioned directions advice of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and it became or it came much better and rightly on those very foundations that were laid by Ibrahim alayhi it had two doors at level with the ground one towards the east and one towards the west Through which people can enter from one door and exit from the other When Ibn Zubayr was killed Al-Hajjaj wrote to Abdul Malik Ibn Manwan Informing him about what Ibn Zubair done Thinking that he did so according to himself So Abdul Malik ordered that it be rebuilt on its previous foundations And then he goes on to explain to explain that So that is a quick history brothers of the rebuilding Of the Kaaba. Let alone the actual initial construction of the Kaaba. That's another topic as well. And also, wallahi brothers, regarding the Kaaba, there is even so much more that we could have went into. Like for example, the whole Kiswa and its background. And every, you know, the details to that. But I didn't want to go too long regarding this whole topic. But insha'Allah, next lesson brothers, as I said after Ramadan, insha'Allah. Next lesson will be the second part and the final part about the Prophet. Before prophethood, and then, insha'Allah Taala, we'll be going into, insha'Allah, we'll be going into uh, the Sirah from the Meccan stage in era. WaAllahu 'ala wa 'a'lam wa salli 'alayhu wa sallim wa ala Muhammad wa sahbihi wa man wala. I remind the brothers of the workshop, insha'Allah, that myself and Sheikh Doa will be uh, conducting on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Alhamdulillah, once again, it is a free workshop. Saturday the 24th about zakat and Sunday the 25th about Ramadan. Inshallah ta'ala, it will be beneficial. So please join us. Jazakumullahu khairan.